what is going to be an awkward and memorable evening uh, for an awkward and memorable guy, I guess. There is, before we start off, are there any uh, birthdays or other things? <laughs> Fantastic. What I'm going to do right now, uh, just a few bits of housekeeping. Uh, if you would like to uh, donate uh, for the arrangements for Brad uh, and help uh, Lisa, Lisa break here, let's celebrate her. Uh, let's celebrate her. Um, just look for the jar with Macho Man Randy Savage. Uh, we'll take your cash. And then there's also the, the PayPal one on there. Uh, I am going to uh, read off the, the order as I have it. Again, uh, this list is, is fluid. Uh, there will be, did you already lose the pen? Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> you got one job as the list mom. And I, and I, you have that list. Yeah, well, you're doing okay. good. You're keeping an eye on the list. Uh, but I was able to just come and take it. Oh, that okay. Is, okay, and but yet you did nothing. And that is, <laughs> that is where we are. So, okay. Um, if it's not a train wreck, it's not Brad Brick. So, so uh, Emma Montgomery, that's me, then Carl, then Rusty, then Riggs, then Kiara, then Brad, then Shawnee, then Justin, then Derek, then Mr. Mookie, uh, then Marianne, then uh, second best Carl, and then uh, Jeff uh, Russo. Uh, if uh, you're not here or if you need to do changes, uh, I, I have been assured that the list is well taken care of. Uh, there is a pen which will not get lost. We can, can go ahead and do that. So I'm gonna put the list back and then we're gonna, gonna start this night for our guy. Running with a bunch of guys, 
And he is also the reason why a Capitol Hill Art Center had uh, a no, a no uh, butthole policy. Uh, <laughs> actually, really, and why for the entire time I was running that show, before the show, the stage manager would be like, are we going to see somebody's asshole tonight? <laughs> and I had to say, I don't think so. <laughs> Brad uh, was an interesting and contradictory guy. Uh, he was a brilliant dummy, you know. He uh, was uh, kind, but also really hard to be around. Um, I think that there is kind of some beautiful irony that he had the last name break, but <laughs> he did not know how to stop once he started. <laughs> I don't necessarily have a lot of stories that aren't part of the, the, the stories that we have. I don't think I have anything pretty much to contribute, just about thoughts. I will say this, the stuff Red Dad, the, the, his obsession with wrestling, his, his, weird, um, his weird impressions, the artistic butthole stuff, um, his ability to take if, if you want, we can have a drinking game, so when anybody says butthole... And again, another contradiction, too, as we celebrate a guy who, who had a, a struggle with cyber sobriety, we will drink when people say buttholes, if you are that person. Buttholes! The person on, on the stage. <laughs> Or we could chant butthole. I'm not going to even proceed that because um, But he, uh, the stuff he did is stuff that you see on like Adult Swim now, right? The stuff he was doing, I think he was just in the wrong time and place. Um, I think that he just flashed his asshole before the world was ready for it. Um, I, I uh, right before the pandemic, uh, I work with an organization called Plymouth Housing. I, is there anybody from Plymouth Housing here? Uh, somebody in the back? Thank you for being here. Um, it's an organization that, that helps with transitional housing and helps people people who need a place to go to to put their life together. And I teach a storytelling class for them. And I had heard, I uh, started hearing about this guy who'd been showing up at their community open mic, who had, was part of the Plymouth housing community as he was getting sober and, and being taken care of and, and making decisions. And I knew immediately who it was just by the description of the zany shit he was doing, <laughs> that it was Brad Brake. And he was making these people so happy, showing up and doing these things. And I told myself, I'm gonna go down, I'm gonna make sure it's him, I'm gonna take him lunch, and we're gonna see how he's doing. And then the world 
just, here's the thing about Brad. He is pretty much, he's like LSD and or herpes. His, <laughs> he will live in the bases of our spine. Right? And occasionally something will happen that will cause us to have a flashback or go back to that. When people leave the planet, especially comedians and storytellers and creators and, 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 and uh, forces of chaos, um, the stories that they created have almost a second life. And it's kind of beautiful and haunting. And that is what's gonna happen now. We are here just like a Mormon make-out party in the 90s. <laughs> where we will be passing our cooties from one to a other and infecting everyone in here with the various Brad break infections <laughs> we've had in our lives. And before uh, I bring up the next person, uh, just by a show of hands, uh, is there anyone here? Okay, one important, uh, I have two orders of business. One is, uh, I heard a story about Brad and an animatronic moose. Does anybody know that story? Okay, is anybody, is there someone here who can tell that story? <laughs> Not now, but I just want to, I only heard half of it and I've been thinking about it for 12 years. Um, and then, is there anybody here who does not know what well, may be Brad's opus, the French Canadian asshole? <laughs> By show of hands, who does not know what the French Canadian asshole is? Oh, you're you're no. in for a treat. Okay. As I understand, there's some just like every great recipe, there's some debate on what whether what it is. Brad would say, and now, ladies and gentlemen, time for the French Canadian asshole. Yeah. And he would pull his pants down, reveal he'd been wearing a thong the whole show. Turn around, slide the thong inside. If I'm wrong, correct me. Light the cigarette, I believe, and put it in his butt. Yeah. And then proceed. Yes, this is real, sir. Yeah. And proceed to sing all the way. And I think it's only appropriate because we're all here. Yes. No, yeah.
uh, who flew here and has been doing those final arrangements uh, for Brad. Thank you so much for being here and helping her process. <laughs>
I'll drive you. And he'd go on the couch. I'm like, no, Riley. And he had me up over his head, six foot four. And then, oh, he missed the couch. We landed on the coffee table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was rad. Hey, Lisa, you want to go and uh, climb some trees? We had a big, beautiful uh, weeping willow in the backyard. And, you know, come on, let's go climb some trees. Nothing else better to do. We live in the country. I have no friends around there. So we go climbing the tree. I'm like, okay, come on. I want you to jump. I'll catch you. Like, yeah. Doesn't seem right. <laughs> I don't know. He looks very convincing. <laughs> come on, come on, come on, come on. I promise. He's like this, right? Yeah. Right? So I jump. I land on the ground and I run in to tell dad, there goes Brad, down to the beach with a stick. You know. Anyway, that's about all I can think of right now. It's completely improv for me. Thank you very much. As they come tonight, I will probably come back up here after we're here. Yeah. Thank you, Lisa, and uh, thank you, Emmett. <laughs>
uh, when you, I always just got sent on the road with them because I had a car. Yeah. That was pretty much it. Right? <laughs> and we decided whether he even, he never had a license, right? No, I wouldn't give him one either. <laughs> like, I wasn't ready to be on the road with him, and he still picked me because it was awesome. My car worked. <laughs> and I remember the first time I picked him up, I knew him from open mics before and shit, and I went to go pick him up at his house, which was immaculately clean. It threw me off. I didn't understand it. It confused me. I expected a total shit show. You know what I mean? Like, and I show up, and uh, he made me watch Slapshot. <laughs> and I'm like obsessed with getting, like we had to be in Spokane that night, but I had to sit through the rest of this Canadian fucking Hockey, and we waited, and goddammit, we made it in like ten, like we made it just like ten minutes before showtime, but we fucking made it, and then he got me kicked out of the band house in Spokane. Because yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know if the comic, most of the comics know the band house in Spokane. Uh, there's a dude there that never seems to have a shirt on, and he wears a coonskin cap. Every time I went there, he had that on. And I brought a girl back to the band house, and I was fucking in the next room. And Brad Drake, I fucking love him, but every two minutes he knocked on my door and yelled at me and asked if I was doing it well. <laughs> like eight times. It wasn't, that's why we got, got booted out. <laughs> Another time I went with him, I think it was Medford, Oregon, I think. Uh, and I, we were doing a show, and uh, did the show. He was up on stage. I had met another girl. Uh, <laughs> and he got in the head in the parking lot. Brad found this out, right? Didn't make a big deal out of it then. But then, once a month, like clockwork, he would call me. He's like, what are you doing, Rusty? I'm like, hanging out and working, whatever. He's like, I'm getting head in the parking lot, and then hang up. <laughs> yes, those are my two little stories about it. Please definitely give Lisa money because she can go back to Canada and buy land. I know he's worth a credit a few times. Give it up for Rick's, everybody. Santa Cruz, all the way back up into Canada for a couple shows, 
and put them on fucking repeat. <laughs> and at the end of the, like the end of the CD, if anybody's heard it, he does this bit about hot property. <laughs> and all Brad would say for seven fucking days. <laughs> because he had no shame in just running a bit to the ground. <laughs> hot property. <laughs> and this was the time after his wife had left him. And so it was a good time. <laughs> he's, he's crying about it most of the time. And we get down to this show in California that we're double booked with a wedding. So they move us out of the performance space into a bar. And it's terrible. Like, my friend Jimmy eats it, I eat it. Brad, he basically ate it, but pulled it out, like literally pulled it out. That was enough, right? That was enough that there was a girl there who was a Seattle Seahawks cheerleader, gorgeous cheerleader, with this rich Microsoft nerdy guy that they were sailing down the coast and they had to have a stop at this Northern California coast town to catch a comedy show at a dive bar. <laughs> the guy goes to the bathroom and comes out to Brad making out with his hot Seattle Seahawks cheerleader. <laughs> there was no reason. Right? I don't know what that guy. Like, the show wasn't good, <laughs> and honestly, the, the thing that sucks the most is that how much more would we have appreciated COVID had we had it when Brad was in the car with us? <laughs> Brad, you gotta put your mask on. Because <laughs> you get tired of getting spit on when you're sitting in the car <laughs> and just telling you story after story. I'll do the Superman pose, the full length. 
left him. He's like, that's why, in his mind, that's why she left him. That was just the out she was looking for. (laughs) (laughs) There was a lot of reasons to leave Brad. That was (laughs) (laughs) So the seven-day run we did down in California, back up to California, or California, Canada, we had a show, we had stuff outside, so the people in the house were staying had cats. They slept on their on their deck, oh. allergic. And the next day we go to meet his wife, and he's trying to reconcile with her. And it doesn't go well. He comes to the car, he's blubbering and crying. We've got to hurry, because he's always late to the show. We gotta get a port coat with him to do this bar show. And we walk into the bar, and the lady says, Are you okay? He's like, I'm allergic to cats. <laughs> <laughs> And then he proceeded to almost get a fight with the guy in the front row because they were arguing about hockey, daring his set. <laughs> Does the French Canadian asshole, but leaves the bar. It's kind of like this, but imagine this was all on one floor, so this bar was next to the restaurant downstairs. During a busy time of day, and runs with a cord, never give him a cordless mic, by the way. That was a mistake. <laughs> so you gotta keep him tied to the stage somehow. Cordless mic, in his G string, and nothing else but water, nothing all over him, singing that song through the restaurant. Children, everything. No, did not give two shit. It was the best thing. That's what sheared him up. Like, that's what got him out of his funk from uh, from being divorced and seeing his wife like be happy without him. That was the worst thing he was, he was so, he was so upset about. Um, but also, I want to ask if there's anybody here that can tell the story. I wasn't there. Uh, I've I met my, my second wife had a show that he was there the week before where he broke a rib. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know if anybody's here with, in that show, but he, he asked, he was doing a, a, a hockey checking contest <laughs> with a girl who was like this tall. She was four foot nine-ish, tiny, and she broke his ribs. And he barely finished the show the weekend. He was miserable for a long time after. I was like, I'm hoping somebody here might know that one, but, uh, it was, it's what me and my, my ex-wife bonded over when, when I met her, was like, she said, you know that guy? Oh my God, I love that guy, he's got broken ribs. And so every time we see him, she would give him so much shit about this four foot nine girl breaking his ribs and she'd call him pussy or something like that, it was good times. So many stories and I, I can't wait to all you guys, thanks so much. And I, hold on, I took a photo. Somebody said, there's this great comic. His name is Brad Brake. You should hire him. 
I said, okay. So I went on the internet, I Googled him. I saw a brief little clip. I watched like two minutes and it wasn't any one of his big, well, it wasn't the Greyhound bit. It wasn't the Macho Man bit. It was just a bit, but he was fucking funny. So I said, okay, we're gonna book him on a show, right? So it's the night of the show. Some other comics who actually knew him said, oh, I'm so excited to work with Brad. You know about Brad, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> What's up with Brad? You know he's been banned from like umpteen million venues, right? <laughs> no. No, why? Because he can't keep his clothes on. He does his bit, and I was like, oh, shit. Okay, uh, here we go. All right, and so I meet Brad, and I was like, hey, it's nice to meet you. I'm very happy that you're going to be on my show tonight. Um, I hear you might do a bit where you take your clothes off. He's like, no, 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 it's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Don't worry about it. Well, fortunately, it was a biker bar, and it was in Linwood, and it was a big deal. And yeah, Brad got down to a thong, and I was like, okay. But he was so fucking funny. Brad was so fucking funny that it didn't, it didn't matter. And from then on, like Brad was one of my comedy heroes. He really was. And whenever I had the chance, whenever I had the chance to run a room or book a show, I would put fucking Brad on it. Yeah. Brad, Brad. that has made me laugh so hard that I fucking cried. Right, like, grab your sides, gasping for breath, falling off your chair, fucking dying laughing. That was fucking Brad Break, okay? And you could put him on any stage, any show, Brad was gonna kill. And, I, and he became my comedy hero. He really did, he became one of my fucking comedy heroes. And I loved him. Um, I had a comedy podcast for a couple of years, and it was all about the art of being funny and how to make people laugh. And Brad was the second guest that I ever had on that show. The first guest, he had a lot of internet clout, and I thought that would get me followers, so I booked him, and that didn't fucking work out. But then, but then I booked Brad. And one of the things that I will always remember about the interview, and I interviewed Brad for like an hour and a half, because Brad could not follow a train of thought to save his life. Like, no, Brad, come back. Come on. No, no. Remember we were talking, we were talking about this. But but the one thing that I will always remember is I asked Brad, I said, what advice do you have for new comics who are coming up? What would you tell them? And he got so serious. And he just said, I would tell them, if you believe in what you do. Don't fucking stop. Don't give up. Never stop. Don't give up. If this is what you want, don't give up. And that was Brad. Brad didn't give up. He never stopped. He never fucking stopped. And I live up in Everett, which I appreciate, which nobody's ever actually probably fucking said until tonight, but but I appreciate it because Brad was living up there too and we would host this open mic every Monday night and it's still hosted every Monday night up at Tony D's. But Brad was living up there and so he would be there every Monday night and I'm so thankful that for several years, 
I got to work with Brad basically every Monday night for years. And he rarely did new jokes. <laughs> okay. Brad wanted to make people laugh, and he knew how to make them laugh. And I watched that Hulk Hogan, Macho Man, Randy Savage bit a hundred fucking times. And I laughed every fucking time. Brad was amazing, and I will miss him to death. So. All right, coming up on stage next, another amazing Brad, Mr. Brad Upton. experiences with Brad and Riggs uh, mentioned just a minute ago uh, Brad's hot sister and uh, <laughs> I tonight did not know he had a hot sister <laughs> and I wish I had because I would have tormented the shit out of him <laughs> I would have said some really inappropriate things about you to him to torture him to make up for some of those fucking car rides I took. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. He was a force, man. He was a force. He and I did Jackson's over in Yakville yeah. one night. And of course, I drove. And by the time we pulled into that parking lot, I went, fuck, get out of the car. Jesus. Oh, so glad to get to the gig, you know? But. Uh, I wrote on somebody's page this week when I talked about following Brad. It's like you'd sit in the back of the room, and I, it was like if you've ever driven down a highway and you see a fucking storm coming, yeah. you're like, oh, shit. I got to drive through that fucking storm. That's going to be horrible. It's going to be shitty, but I can do it. I know I can do it. And that's the feeling I had watching Brad. Because I'm sitting in the back of the room going, how am I going to follow this with my fucking act? My stupid fucking stories. And here's Brad just inciting the room and killing and his fucking clothes are off and I'm like, holy shit. I gotta go up and tell school teacher fucking jokes. And if you've ever follow anybody with that kind of an act or somebody famous, you can't just go up and jump into your fucking cute little act. You have to acknowledge it to the audience, right? So you know, he was finished, he was sweating, his shirt was off, and he's pouring water on his head. And, his <laughs> and I went up and I said, ladies and gentlemen, Brad Drake, how about a round of applause for Brad Drake? And they all go crazy. I go, imagine two and a half hours in the car with him. <laughs> so I kind of converted the, the room over to me for a while, right? And I kind of got him, but in the back of the room at Jackson's, I get, there's a table back there and it's fucking and you can't see, and I'm like, God damn it, what's going on back there? And I finally look, and I realize the show's not over for that table back there. <laughs> Brad's just doing more time for those eight people back there. And I finally, I kicked him out of the room. I said, get the fuck out, go out to the bar, and he walked and walks out, you know, like that, and was laughing. I go, now, imagine this, I say to the audience, he's going to drink for an hour, and we're going to drive two and a half hours back to Seattle. <laughs> And they're all laughing, but man, I'm telling you, I was watching him. He doesn't do anything like I do, but holy shit, he was a force. I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I couldn't take my fucking eyes off of him when he performed. I'm like, I could never do any of that. And I admired the shit out of him. 
And uh, man, I wish I knew you existed. When you were <laughs> I could have tormented the shit out of him because, uh, oh man, when you got back, you're like, you loved him and you, you're like, that, did I have a fun time on that trip? I think I had a fun time on that trip. But anyway, uh, man, he was a force and, I, and we're going to miss him. And thanks for coming out, everybody, tonight. And I, I think, let me look. Johnny, what's your next person up? I don't know. Shanny? All right, Shanny, come on up. It's your turn. Oh my gosh. So, okay, my story about Bradwick. Okay. So when I first started in comedy, the first time I saw him at the Comedy Underground in Tacoma, he was brilliant. Second time I saw him, if you guys remember, Larry G. You guys remember Larry G? Okay, Brad would wear this blonde wig. <laughs> <laughs> he had a visor see-through that says, I love Duran Duran. <laughs> he had a half shirt. <laughs> he had pants that were way too tight and way too short. He would go up with this pan whistle, and they'd play the Celine Dion song, oh, my God. <laughs> and he would go up the goal. <laughs> but the best part of it was, is these pants were really tight and really short, and his little half shirt, and he had to stuff the pants. Well, he forgot his sock one time. So we're in the green room, and he's like, oh, shoot, I forgot the sock. He stuffed a freaking water bottle in. <laughs> and then he looked at me and goes, is the position right? I go, no, you gotta go a little higher. Just get it right up there, connected. And then one time he had a water bottle that leaked. <laughs> I was like, I think Larry G just peed. And he would get on stage and he'd be like, I'm Larry G. Larry G. And then he would have a stool there. He'd put his leg up there and he goes, Larry G's hung like a horse. <laughs> I mean, Larry G is sensitive. Yeah. He was crazy, 
in a very good way. He was very likable crazy. We all know that. And you know, he just pushed the boundaries and did such a good job. And it's really, it, it breaks my heart when I found out. But you know what? Brad, AKA Larry G, Godspeed, you're still in our hearts.
Nancy Riggs showed back up and got on the stage. Now you know why he quit. <laughs> Riggs has done a lot for comedians over the years, though, fixing their cars. <laughs> I saw a line, they said, hey, if you want to just do some material here, fuck you. Who, anybody know how what it's like to do material in front of comedians? <laughs> yeah. Maybe you other people who don't do comedy don't, but I do. Uh, so, growing up with Brad, right? Because I have two sisters, right? And I don't tell people I have sisters either. But fuck, with comedians? <laughs> Dude, he never told you about one comedian he should hook you up with? With a gap in his teeth? And <laughs> super talented. <laughs> I mean, everybody's talked about all of Brad's stuff. And, you know, I mean, once you've said it, it's covered. Because, like, Kim said, he didn't write new shit, right? So, I mean, he would ride a fucking wrestler out until that guy retired. You know, I mean, he'd have new wrestlers or nothing. I do love Brad, though. You know what I mean? I was shocked to hear the news, so a little, a little real here. I was shocked to hear the news, and I think we can all say that we've, we've said goodbye to a lot of comics recently, and it just seems like one after the other. And, you know, every time I read the news about another comedian passing, I'm like, fuck, man, fuck, that's unexpected. And then I read about Brad dying, and I was like, that wasn't unexpected. <laughs> you know, if there's one person you thought was going to go early and burn the light, that's fucking Brad. You know what I mean? <laughs> Gone. That guy was so crazy. We were in, I don't even remember, somewhere in Kennewick, something somewhere over in eastern Washington at one of those stellar gigs that keep your name out there. And uh, we were in a shit hotel, and uh, like there was some girl who came back from the show because Brad was doing his Brad thing and just keeping the party going. And then he lost his shit on her because she talked about finding somebody dead. And if anybody has seen Brad lose his shit, uh, yeah. <laughs> It's something to behold. Like, I've never seen him go from so crazy, fun time, good Brad to, you're fucking crazy! Get out of my house! I'm the headliner! <laughs> go back, or I'm the headliner! I'm like, oh, he better get the fuck out of here now. Brad's losing his shit. <laughs> so, you've seen him go crazy? Yeah, a million times. I feel like uh, it was pleasant then, because uh, he turns. Brad turns into crazy. You've never seen that part of Brad? You're missing something good. Okay. All right. I'm going to bring up our next guy, Derek Sheen, here. This is a who's who of who was that? Uh, <laughs> um, like, I'll be quite I First off, I'm so sorry for your loss, and I know that Friends of Brad's also incredibly difficult. Uh, it's been a rough couple years uh, for everybody, and it sucks to see a comedian go. Um, what's, what's unique about Brad is that not only um, have I seen Brad's butthole over a hundred times. I have never actually seen my own butthole. I've seen Brad's butthole so much, I've never seen my own butthole. Um, he was aggressively Canadian. 
what was going to happen. Is he going to play songs? And then um, he spent the next two and a half minutes destroying that guitar. <laughs> Didn't say a word and then took off his pants and his shirt and then thanked everybody. And, they, and that audience wanted to carry him out like fucking Rudy. <laughs> I've watched him do so many crazy things. And the, the beautiful thing is, I like, it's a metric, but I've never seen anyone like not have fun watching him. Like it was just, that's the thing is that, you know, comics, we struggle all the time with, is this gonna work, is this not gonna work? Brad was one of those people, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, because it's something I identify with, but, but he was someone who needed to make people laugh. And that is very different than wanting it. He needed it. And so he would set a very high bar for himself. And if he didn't reach that bar, it was ball out. <laughs> if things were failing, it was one ball and... I haven't even seen, I, seriously, I think I've only seen my own balls like four times. <laughs> seen grass ball a lot. Um, your brother was incredibly kind and, 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 and a very loving guy. He really didn't have enemies, you know? He had people who didn't want to take long car rides with him. That's not an enemy, that's just common sense. At a certain point, he's like, I can't do this anymore. They're gonna do that bit where you're talking about meth and then we're, you're gonna tell me to take a right and then we're gonna be in this car for two fucking days. Somehow I'm on a triple run. And, and he was well liked, he was uh, well loved. He was genuinely, from all the way deep down in his marrow, a funny person. Uh, and he had a lot of hard times, what comic doesn't? You know, but I'll tell you, the thing is, um, if he knew all these people were together, just talking about his ball and his butthole. It would bring him so much fucking joy. He's so happy. Um, hey, what a cool dude, man. We could all be so lucky to have his new friends and his new neighbors. Um, hey, uh, don't forget there is a donation jar. Um, uh, taking care of final expenses, very expensive. As somebody who's done it four times in the last two years, it's really expensive. So put some money in that jar, uh, please help out. Uh, is Mr. Mookie here? All right, uh, I, have, I only concentrated on Mr. Mookie. I was only thinking about Mr. Mookie. I haven't seen Mr. Mookie in so long. Um, who is next? You, oh, oh, oh. Marianne. Marianne Riley, please put your hands together. one of the only people in this entire room who's never seen Brad's butthole. <laughs> I don't know how I managed it. But you didn't see Brad live in person. Like, I saw him several times, and but I've heard all the stories. I heard all the stories about how he would do the googly eyes on his butt cheek. <laughs> and like, sing the song. With the, the, and I wanted to see that. And I was like, I feel like I was robbed. Like, he was taken from us too soon. I didn't get to see that, and I'm disappointed. I did, however, see a lot of his, uh, his ass cheeks in a lot of thongs. Um, and one thing about Brad, like, Brad was, by the time I started doing comedy, Brad was already a headliner. And one of the things that I loved about Brad was, as a new comic, he was always willing to talk to you and give you some good advice. 
And who hasn't heard the, the, the advice before a show with Brad? Okay, we're gonna, get the, we're gonna stay in the pocket, okay? Stay in the pocket. <laughs> I had no idea what the pocket was, but I was gonna stay in it. And I remember one time we were doing a contest at, at Riggs's Club at the Grid City Comedy Club. And so there was like 16 of us comics, we were doing a contest. And we, like all of us were outside smoking, we were all in this big circle. And if you hadn't been to this place, it was bummed central. Like it was right across the street from the methadone clinic. So you knew that the quality of people that were gonna be walking the streets. And there was one time there was this lady, she was walking by and this woman looked like an 86 pound raisin. She was just this all messed out little thing that was hunched over. And she, you could see her out of the corner of your eye. She was trying to make eye contact with somebody. All those people that were out smoking. And of all the people that were out there smoking, she looked at Brad and said, can I get a cigarette? And Brad looks at me and he goes, why did she ask me? And I'm like, clearly she doesn't know you. Because if Brad had a cigarette, he borrowed it from one of us. <laughs> and I looked at him and I said, Brad, you made eye contact. Don't you know better? This isn't your first time here. Don't talk to them, you know? <laughs> But Brett, he was so sweet, and he was, we did a show, and I will never forget, Rusty, when we did this show, and I don't know if you remember this, we were like at the, it was some uh, car place, I don't know, if we were doing a benefit show, and it turns out the person we were doing a benefit for, the benefit was for him, so he could get more equipment. <laughs> and then he, he to add insult to injury, he came up to, and I was hosting, and he came up to tell me who the lineup was. And he, and he said, okay, so it's gonna be Brad, then Rusty, and then I'm gonna headline. And I said, no, you're not. And he said, why Why not? I said, because you can't, you can't follow either one of them at all. And so I said, do yourself a favor, go up. And then Rusty and Brad told me they were getting paid. And that pissed me off. <laughs> I was like, I'm doing this shit for free to raise money for this loser. Fuck you, watch this. And then I pulled up classic Brad and did 25 minutes as an as MC. <laughs> and I got off stage and Brad was pissed. And he goes, do you know how much time you did? And I said, no. And, he, and then he, he went off and he was mad. And then I went into the bathroom and there was a sign in the bathroom and it was so beautiful. It was a picture with a thong. And it had a circle and a line through it that said, no thongs allowed. <laughs> to which I went out and I said, oh my God, Brad, the perfect sign is in the bathroom. He followed me into the women's room. <laughs> he goes, you've got to take a picture of me with this sign. <laughs> my dumb ass thought he was going to go like this. And he dropped his drawers, turned around, and had his thong ass sticking up in the air so I could take a picture of him with his thong. I loved it, I loved it. He was, he was a lot of fun, and he was definitely one that, you know, he did. It, like he said, to him, it wasn't just making somebody laugh. It was everything that drove him. And when he didn't, you could tell that he it would just really upset him. And that was one of the few times you'd ever see him get mad was that if he didn't perform well to make people laugh, because he felt that that was everything about him when he was on stage. But he was so 
inspirational for a lot of us people when we first started that he showed us that those barriers that we inherently thought in our mind we had that he showed us there wasn't any barrier that when you were on stage it was about leaving it all on that stage and making the audience forget about all their troubles for while they're watching you and he was a amazing force to watch you'll be missed <laughs> Woo! spoken very nicely about Brad, but none of you motherfuckers have to live with that asshole. <laughs> when I met Brad, he was in Everett, the shithole of the earth, and it didn't treat him well. So he decided to move in with me. <laughs> Nobody invited him. <laughs> He just showed up one day, and my three daughters texted me and said, Brad is here. <laughs> he came in and shaved half his beard. We don't know where he is now. <laughs> so dipshit walked around Everett with half a beard, and I'm not saying like he took off the bottom, he took off the left side. <laughs> Nobody's done that before except Brad. Don't worry everybody. Later on in the day he came back, shaved the other side, and then walked around my house in my robe. <laughs> He was a guy that couldn't not be a stand-up comic. At that time, he had a job at McDonald's, and I woke up one morning at 6.30 to go to a real job, and I said, hey, Brad, what's going on? And he said, what are you doing? Because he wasn't asleep yet. And I said, I'm going to work. And he looked at me and said, I said, Brad, you just got to go there. <sighs> I didn't even get an egg McMuffin out of that motherfucker. <laughs> but I was at a show with Brad, and he did his uh, Greyhound bit, and I was in the back with a guy that nearly shit his pants. And I remember asking Brad, I said, hey, bud, uh, this dude nearly shit himself. And he said, that's what I'm up there for. <laughs> I love that guy. I, I fucking love that guy. Yeah. He was nothing but funny. And it sucks he's gone. I'm glad that I get to meet you tonight, Lisa. We did a bunch of shit while he was being a fuckhead. <laughs> but he never once stopped being a fucking comic. I don't know why the fucking shades only half his face. It was like, fuck.
fathers took pictures. <laughs> they were frightened. <laughs> a strange man came into their house and just shaved his fucking face. <laughs> they knew who he was. He was there for a while. They called him Uncle Brad. <laughs> I think the uncle meant psycho. <laughs> and I remember after that, we went to a thing and there was a uh, like street fair. And I wasn't expecting to have him there, but I had my whole family there. Brad was there wearing my clothing. <laughs> I said, Brad, where'd you get that? Where'd you get that tank top with the Golden Girls on it? He's like, I don't know. When he pulled out my iPad, pod, iPod. I guess I'm never getting my iPod. Right? <laughs> it had like 300 songs on it. Well, you'd think that that would be enough, but I remember one night uh, my wife and I went to a Mariners game. And we had a great time. And came back to our house about 11 o'clock, and on the couch was Brad. Not sure how he got in. Not sure how he figured out, you know, our television. There was porn on the
I can't say that I saw his anus as much as the rest of you fucking packed, but I mean, <laughs> I miss it. I miss not having him, I miss the world not having him. And I hate being so fucking sad. But that guy wouldn't want us to be sad. He wanted us to whip our dicks out, show our anuses to everybody. Because he was pure, he was awesome. Fucking rad. Wore a stupid little fucking little rascal's hat all the time. He photobombed my parents on their anniversary. <laughs> for knowing that motherfucker. So if any of you have drinks, raise them to Brad for fucking ever because that guy was awesome. Let's yeah. go. I got to talk more or is there light left? <laughs> he was great. Oh my god, I, the, the amount of times that he just showed up to my house with no pants on, and he just, come on in, Brad. And the love that he had for wrestling and stuff, fucking grow up, man. I miss that guy. But I don't have anything else to say, but... Everybody loves Brad, and I'm so glad that there's uh, this much people. Lisa, I'd love to talk to you later. Uh, Lisa's coming up next. <laughs> it's it, it, some financial stuff we gotta work out. Some broken windows in a stolen car. It's no big deal. You can still handle that, right? Uh, Lisa, you're coming up right now. Yeah. Come on, Sue. Yeah. All right, some liquid courage going on here. I didn't bring my snot rag. <laughs> but I have my phone for my list. All right, okay. Knee snot. Those of you online, Walter, David, so, those of you that know the knee snot, Brad had a character of the many that he did, and one of them was this devil-like knee snot. And he would do the, you know, knee snot, knee snot. to the chair with scarves when he babysat me and we watched like not even a joke like he really did I remember a purple scarf in particular but he tied me to the chair it was like we're gonna have so much fun when dad goes to the bar yes we're gonna have chips we're gonna watch Jaws and we're gonna watch you know piranhas and Pumpkinhead, <laughs> all the Freddy Krueger movies. And to this day, I have nightmares. 
But yeah, so Nisnov, that was that was actually partly Exorcist. You know, where she does the uncut version, where she comes down the stairs like a spider. That was part of it. But anyway, so I digress. There was this one year I was living in uh, Eastern Canada, because I live in Western Canada now, because that makes a big difference. And so Brad met up with us, and it was his big buddy, Walter, I remember was driving the car, and it was a, it was a car, it felt like at least at that era, was very similar to the Cheech and Chong, you know, with the dangly thing. He didn't have the dangly things, but it felt like that, you know? And I remember being in the back seat, because of course Brad was in the front passenger seat, because clearly he wasn't driving. And Walter was driving, and I, 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 I don't know whether it was David or Troy or somebody else that was with us in the car, and we did this 12-hour drive, smoking weed, like, it was like the Cheech and Chong vehicle. It was like smoke was coming out the windows. And like, I feel like, you know, I've got some lung problems from that trip. So we get home and we had this running joke because we have like this thing back home that is like KFC out here. That's like Kentucky Fried Chicken or whatever. Maybe they don't even have that in the States, I don't know. Anyways, it's called, there's, there's a place called Dixie Lee. But then there's this really, you know, like, B-level of Gas Bailey, and those of you that are watching from the Gas Bay Coast know what I'm talking about. So Brad was like all set on stopping at Gas Bailey. I mean, I like Dixie Lee better, but Brad wanted to stop there. There's like one picnic table outside. So we order our Gas Bailey. We're like 20 minutes from home. So we get our Gas Bailey. We're all like stoned and wanting to eat our fried chicken. So we get outside, and Brad decides he wants to do his niece knock <laughs> so he gets up where we're eating, standing on the picnic table in between our plates of food, and he starts doing the knee snot because we're all stoned as shit, right? And he's going, knee snot, knee snot. And these two elderly French people leave the gas Lee and they come out, and he's going knee snot like I swear they were going to call 911. <laughs> like it was quite, it was traumatizing, but like that's the imprint I have of Brad in my brain. So that, was, that was one of the things I wanted to share. The other thing, I don't know if he ever did like the Cheech and Chong you know, renditions to you guys, but that was a, we re-rented videos, you know, um, VHS videos from the local store. They're a big selection, because, you know, there was like 150 people that lived in our area. So we had like this place called Caddy Low, right? And so we would get every, like, oh, you wanna rent this video? Cheech and Sean up in smoke. I wonder if it's in, I wonder if they returned it, right? Like, do they have it? This is only one copy. And then we would bring it home and we would sit there and and Brad and I, even to like the Wednesday before he passed away, we're doing this shit back and forth of like, hey man, I wasn't looking at his neck. <laughs> Strawberry's not here. And we would do these renditions of up and smoke like no tomorrow and nobody ever recognized, you know, the humor back and forth. And, Damon, who couldn't be here tonight, you know, said something pretty special to me last week, you know, or a couple weeks ago when all of this kind of came about. And he said, you know, when I met you like 10 years ago, I think I met Damon, I came up down here and I was staying on Brad's couch when he did have an apartment of his own, you know, paid rent. <laughs> and, you know, 
he, we, I, would, I would come down and stay with him, and Damon, uh, Damon, I met Damon, who's like, you know, a brother from another mother, and Damon said, you know, you and your brother, so very different, right? Very different. But you guys would get together, and you would have this, like, interlocking parallel personality, and you would just be speaking your own, like, Cheech and Chong language, and nobody could understand what you guys were saying. You know, it'd be like, hey man, I was looking at his neck. Yeah, hey man, I pick up strawberries, work your way up to those goddamn bananas. <laughs> when, boy, when are you gonna get your act together? You know, and that was a little bit of our dad, because he kind of sounded like that too. So maybe that's why we identified with him, right? You know, Jesus Bradley. Jesus Bradley. Anyways, these are just things that are coming to my head, and I'm gonna leave it to the next comment, who I don't know. You know, Brad Brake had more drivers than Tony Soprano. <laughs> I ended up being his driver for, I think it was season three. <laughs> I was just an open mic comic. Maybe, had, you know, I'd done, the longest I'd done was maybe 12 minutes, and he comes, he takes me on the road to feature for him down at Pellegrino's in Tumwater. And, uh, you know, probably total, I had 25 minutes. You know those days where you had 25 and you have to stretch it to 30 and you're like sweating balls, but it was great. We went down, we had so much fun, and then they booked me back, and the next thing you know, boom, I was making money doing comedy on the road with Brad Brake, and he took me to places like Ellensburg, and Yakima, and Cleelum, and you have to understand, like, Jewish boys don't go there. That's not a thing we do. Like, I had never even fathomed what a fuck a Cleelum was. We don't Cleelum much, we don't. We stay in the cities where we got street lights and we're safe, you know? We don't go out those fucking places. But yeah, he took me on the road, and I owe a lot to him because he showed me how to wrangle a hostile crowd, right? Like, I witnessed it, like, because all the shows were hostile crowds, and we had to <laughs> learn how to do that. And to this day, like, I love a rowdy crowd. Like, when the crowd's, like, offensive and not listening and rowdy, I love it, because I know what to do. Like, it's just, it's fun, like, you know, there's, we can't lose, so we're probably not gonna win, so let's just grab break this bitch and get the fuck out of here. First time we went on the road, we're in the jack-in-the-box drive-thru on the way home. It's like, you know, 1.30 in the morning, and he's like, hold on, I'm gonna get out for a second. I thought he was gonna go smoke. He gets out, I'm waiting for the order. He's with his shirt off, running around like this. You know, he had that really like, where he like kicked his knees up, run. Running around the jack-in-the-box. I'm like, this motherfucker's crazy. Uh, I'm thinking, they're gonna spit in the burger. We're fucked, right? Oh, he was so much fun. The, the pep talks before the show was one thing I always remember. Like, you know, like, okay, we're on in 10, we're on in 10, right, come on, pep talk, come on. And then he'd start talking to the Al Pacino. Comedy is a game of inches. 
we're gonna fight for every inch. But it worked, it was like fun, you know? When you used to go to Tibbs' room, they would have a prayer circle and Brad would do the pep talk. That's God, those were good times. Ah, yeah, Brad is living proof that you don't have to dress good, look good, or smell good to get pussy. He is the patron saint of the unsexed. Because he did it. I was like, damn, Brad, she's pretty. Like, how the fuck did you do that? Like, it shows you that we all want to laugh and how much fun people want. And he would always get these pretty women that wanted to hook up with him, like Seahawks cheerleaders. Like, what the fuck, Brad? That's okay. That's, I don't think it gets higher. I don't think it's cheerleader, playmate, done. That's it. You reached it. And uh, But he would get all these women, and he would have no idea what to do with them. He had no concept of boundaries. He had no concept of what was too far, what wasn't far enough. And he used to, ask, I used to have to school him. He used to ask me questions. I'd be like, all right, Brad, uh, here's what you're doing wrong here in this situation. Uh, see, she has feelings, you see. And, uh, <laughs> we, I used to open for him at the Jazz Bones in Tacoma, right? We go to the Jazz Bones. And we used to call it the Fertile Crescent. You do the math on why, but everyone got laid at the Jazz Bones and back in the day. Like, it was just, what happened, you know? Yeah, okay, well, and it was crazy. And we went down there one time and Brad crushed it. They loved him there, he just destroyed it. This beautiful woman and him start making out. This really pretty lady making out. And he then decides, he, you know, he, he would get in these like, like fervors and like energy, right? He keeps going, he decides, well, I'm gonna make out with this next woman who, yeah, yeah, who, she's not thin. She's not fat, but she's not thin. And she's wearing a West Coast Chopper t-shirt that says Chopper. And then the pretty girl left and he was stuck with the Chopper. And I had to explain to him, I was like, here's the thing, Brad, when the pretty girl's making out with you, why don't you just ride that out for the rest of the night? You don't have to go to the chopper. That's it. But for the rest of our friendship, whenever we'd be like, hey, you gonna get a chopper tonight, Brad? It was just like the reoccurring joke. Like, don't do the chopper, Brad. Stay off the chopper. And then we'd be like, get to the chopper. And I'll end on this, he was so scared that I was gonna screw you, the whole friendship. No, he was legitimately scared. He was like, yeah, you know he said that? He was legitimately scared that like, he had to build a protective Mexico border fence around you when you were in my presence. He was so frightened. And I'm like, Brad, I'm not gonna screw your sister, dude. Don't worry about it. She's gonna be at the show, and I don't think it's cool that you're gonna screw, I'm not gonna screw your sister, Brad. He was so frightened that I was gonna screw his sister. But hey, now that he's out of the way, I'm gonna I'm gonna have John Slayton. Give it up for Simon, everyone. 
He's actually the only one in the room I've slept with, so. <laughs> True story, we didn't fuck. Uh, we were doing a show together on the road. Uh, uh, we left one morning uh, to another show and we got to the hotel room and uh, we were thinking we're gonna get a nap, right? Before the show, we only had a couple hours. Well, apparently there's only one bed, right? Oh, no. We needed a nap, so I'm like, I'm taking a nap, right? And so I get settled in the bed, I got the covers over me. Simon's kind of standing up in front, and I'm like, are you coming to bed? <laughs> and he's like pacing around, like, decisions have to be made. And then he's like, all right, scoot over. <laughs> anyway, nice to see you, Simon. You know, I was actually, I was looking forward to, uh, it's weird, I was looking forward to this. Uh, not because, you know, Brad died, but uh, it's nice to see all of you. There, there's a lot of people in here that uh, I, uh, maybe I don't, uh, I don't see that often, but uh, you know, I care about a lot of people in this room tonight, so it's, it's nice to, to see all of you. So, um, I, uh, <laughs> what, what, what is it, Justin? He's a, are you upset we didn't sleep together? It's your way with words. situation, right? <laughs> uh, he called me up, it was like a, a Tuesday, and he's like, hey, can you feature for me tonight in Tacoma? And I'm like, okay, you must be talking about jazz bones. Um, and I'm like, fuck, I don't wanna, I don't wanna be in the road that, the, on the road that long with Brad. Yeah. It's like, I just know, like, uh, and I'm like, all right, I'll do it. And we lived pretty close at the time, so I picked him up, we went and uh, we did the show, Jazz Bones, and then afterwards, and I piss a lot, that's something I do, I'm always <laughs> mapping out where I'm gonna stop, that's, that's just the thing um, I do. And so we left, we left Tacoma, and then uh, we're driving to Bothell. Uh, I already mapped out where I'm stopping, I'm gonna hit that, that rest stop next to Wild Ways because it's you know quick on and off, and then I already knew Brad needed to get coffee, he asked me if we could stop, and uh, not coffee, but creamer for the next day. So. Uh, he needed his cradle for the next day, and so I knew that was something we had to do on the way home. And so we over, we stopped and we used the bathroom there in Fife, and then um, we're on the road. At this point, we're about to downtown Seattle, and he's like, I gotta go to the bathroom again. And I'm like, all right. Um, and in my mind, I'm like, okay, let's try to make this one stop. Let's stop where we can get you some creamer and use the bathroom, right? And so as I'm trying to think about where's like a, a safe way we could hit or something, we get a little bit further and he's like, too late. <laughs> I'm like, what? Too late? And I'm like, are you kidding me? He's like, I'm going right now. And so I pull off, I pull off the exit right away. And I just, it's the Northgate exit, and I just, I hope, you know, he, he, I don't have to open his door, he opened his door, but he got out. And then I just, I, I, I was gonna circle around, because 
I had a couple drinks, right? I mean, I think I was fine, but I didn't want any, you know, attention, right? So I just, I left him there. Uh, but permanently, I went, I turned around in the mall, and then as I was turning around, I looked in the seat. I'm like, man, there's a puddle of piss right in my, in my car seat. And so I reached in my back seat, and I had, uh, there were some flyers for another show. I wish I knew who was on it, because I put that in the seat, right? Um, it was probably Justin Hayes, right? <laughs> situation, you know, I don't, I don't want to embarrass him about it, but uh, <laughs> we pulled up to the Safeway to get the creamer, and I'm like, <laughs> he doesn't really acknowledge that he's going to clean it up or anything, and so I went inside, and I uh, I bought some Lysol wipes, and he got back to the car, I'm like, here you go, he's like, what do you want me to do with that, I'm like, well, if you could clean up your piss, um, <laughs> And that's where the, the fight kind of started. <laughs> he was half-assing it, right? It's like, I was like, come on, put some muscle into it. Um, but, uh, yeah, I love the guy. Um, I, uh, um, I, I want to tell, uh, you know, a lot of people were talking about how Brad always did a lot of the, uh, a lot of the same material, but... I'd say one of the times he made me laugh the most, um, it was something I, I've never seen him do on stage. We were, uh, another situation, this was before the pissing in my car situation, he needed a ride. And again, I'm like, I don't know what I'm signing up for, right? <laughs> and uh, for like a half hour, he did this bit that I'd never seen him do before. You know, everyone knows of the characters that Brad would do, like oh, with the Greyhound bus and all that. Well, he did, he did this, uh, this bit, I'd never seen it on stage. I think it's the funniest thing I've ever seen him do. And I was, I was just tearing up laughing for like, he kept this going for like 30 minutes. And the, the, pro, the premise of it was, uh, it, it was uh, Christopher Walken kind of doing an intervention on Jack Nicholson <laughs> and Rocky Balboa <laughs> about, about the, 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 uh, the porn, the, the two guys and a girl. Is that it? What do you yes. I've never seen him do that on stage. Do it, John! <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Impressions aren't really my thing, but here was the premise of it. I've never, I've seen Brad probably a hundred times, I've never seen him do this on stage, but he just started doing this thing. Maybe this is where he developed it, I don't know. But he was just like, he'd start out, he's like, you know, <laughs> two guys, <laughs> one girl, porn, it's a little gay. <laughs> and then he'd go to Jack Nicholson, are you gonna sit there and tell me because I, I, I like watching power the two guys and a girl that I'm gay? I'm just saying. Too much sausage. Go out to China. You know, sometimes Adrian and I, we like, we like watching a little, little porn. I don't know what's going on. Okay, but I think it's okay. And he kept this, he kept this going for like a half hour in the car, just jumping from one character to the next. And then at one point, he like he threw Matthew McConaughey, and he's like, 
Gay, straight. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> for like a month and a half, and then I, I got a guest set on a show. And there was some confusion. Brad Brink was supposed to headline, and they booked another headliner. Well, Brad ended up featuring, and he wasn't happy, right? So first time I met Brad, I see this, this anger in him. And, um, and then he just, he fucking crushed. I was like, holy fuck, this guy is so amazing, right? And he closed off his set, uh, you know, not happy about featuring. He, <laughs> After he, you know, everyone's dying, he wa he starts walking off stage. He's like, "Hey, headliner, follow this," and then he just drops his pants <laughs> and just walks off stage. <laughs> just off from the hospital. And we go there, and it's basically where they house crazy people. And we're, we're in this room, and it's just a room with a bunch of plexiglass windows, so people can make sure that Brad doesn't kill himself while we're hanging out. And we basically just held court and made fun of all the crazy people. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was brilliant. Uh, I'm not gonna try to even recreate it. It was just, uh, I fucking love the guy. It was, um, he disappeared, and when I first heard about his death, it was like, well, I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> but then I was telling someone about it the next day, and it just fucking hit me. And um, I just love the guy, and all I want to say is stay in the pocket. Stay in the pocket! No, it's not in the pocket! The pocket! Stay in the fucking pocket! You see what you did? You stayed in the pocket! You stayed in the pocket! That's why they left! Don't ever leave the pocket! That's all I want to leave you with. Don't ever leave the pocket. 
died as water up this 20 years pipe all around. And I just, uh, fuck, man. I mean, I know we all loved the guy. It was too much. And I, it, it, I, I'm just thankful that I knew him. You know, like, I know too many people that work for fucking Microsoft and Amazon, and you know what? Fuck the rest of you. Uh, Brad's way better than you. And uh, I'm just happy that I got to... Let him improve my life. Thank you, guys. Yeah. Folks, we have uh, one more person uh, on the list. Uh, you can still sign up here, but we do have this space. The, the place closed down at 9. Uh, maybe after this next speaker, we can all share stories together as, as people. Um, so that's, uh, no, let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm looking forward to never seeing any of you again. There's no, honestly nobody in this room who I would come to after. <laughs> but I'll come to Lisa's. Uh, but for our final name of this, Corinna, everybody. Buy. 
and without warning, there's a person who is driving worse than I am and nearly ran into Brad. And the first thing I could do is I threw him back and I whipped out the cane and I went right after the window. And he was like, okay, I'm... shows for a while. 
Uh, oh, and I was definitely his ride to show up. I saw him. <laughs> 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 one time, uh, like right when we first started hanging out, like I, um, before I know, I'm driving down to Oregon, in the middle of Oregon. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's easy. Yeah. It, early recovery for me was just like all about laughter. And he made me laugh, and we we, we would laugh around each other, and like we really got each other through those first early years, and uh, we would leapfrog each other in like clean time all the time. Well, I could say I leapfrogged him. <laughs> uh, but so there's this meeting after our home group meeting that they go to a lot, and it's called Serenity Circle. Uh, and he had this joke. I don't know who. I'm sure he made it up because he makes up all the jokes. And uh, he called it Serenity Circle Jerk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so there's this meeting, getting ready to meet after our meeting, and. He goes to the people and he's like, is this the circle jerk meeting? <laughs> it, it wasn't the circle jerk meeting. There's a lot of different kinds of 12-step uh, recovery groups out there. And this was one, this was a sex and love anonymous meeting. And that's a, uh, none of y'all know, that's a fancy, that's a really nice word to say, this is where sex offenders go, people have problems with exposing themselves. <laughs> so like, I'm like on the ground laughing, and uh, like, someone's like banging a chair on the ground, this shit fucked my life up, and he like, has no idea what's going on, or why people are angry, and, and we get, yeah, and we're like, oh, this is what happened, and, Try to have a human moment. I'm trying to have 
a goddamn human moment. I got more money. No. I got more money. Has has Brad died or just gotten smaller? That's <laughs>